Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast dropping your trick-or-treat bag every other week. Every other week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Rocky. I'm Blade. <laughs> you're, you're, you're what? I'm Blade. Oh. What? I'm Blade. <laughs> okay. Uh, in today's episode, we're taking a trip to 2001 to talk about the Ernest Dickerson directed cult classic Bones. Bones. And also, we're going to be having a video game. We're going to be having a mythology, biology. We're going to be having other shit. I don't know. There's going to be stuff. There's going to be things. All kinds of stuff. I don't know. But before all that, what's been going on, man? Uh, work. For two weeks, that's all that's been going on? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm trying to think. I know I tried to watch some things. I'm trying to remember what they were. Can't be that good if I can't remember. <laughs> well, Joe Bob's, uh, yeah, the new, the new season of Joe Bob's started up, and yeah. we haven't had an episode since that happened, and now there's two episodes out. Yeah, uh, watched all the first ones. So the first one, out the double feature was Night Living Dead. Yep. And, Autophagist. And, yeah, Abrophagist, which is uh, has to be influential on some death metal artists. <laughs> I, li- I like that movie. So. I like the last 30 minutes of it. Um, and then... Uh, Look, last- she's already dead. We need to eat the kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not a kid anymore, just meat. <laughs> uh, and then last night was uh, an episode celebrating... <laughs> Walpurgisnacht, or Walpurgisnacht, right? Walpurgisnacht. <laughs> Fucking halfway to halfway to Halloween. Yep. Uh, but uh, a celebration of killing witches, I guess. But also getting drunk and going in the woods and having orgies. For magic. For magic <laughs> reasons. Um, but because of that, the double feature was I called one of them, uh, the Mario Bava classic, which we talked about Mario Bava on the show Black before, Sunday. back on uh, yeah. Back when we did uh, Blood and Black Lace, but yeah, they did Black Sunday, and the second film was uh, one from James Bond the Third. I do like uh, Black Sunday, but Blood and Black Lace is a much better movie in my opinion. Blood and Black Lace is more uh, a better paced film. Yeah, it, it's Black easier. Sunday is bad pacing. That's, that's the only thing about yeah. it. But it's a beautiful it's good, film. Good movie. It looks great. Yeah, and then uh, Death by Temptation. Death by Temptation, directed, written, and edited. And starring uh, James Bond III, uh, which was his last movie he did. <laughs> and then he... Uh, when his first movie? I think he was just an actor and some stuff before that. Oh, okay. He was like in school days, which is actually connected to the movie we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, actually that movie in general is going to kind of connect to what we're talking about today. But um, yeah, it was a pretty good double feature. I never saw... I never saw Death by Temptation. Me neither. And I never saw, whatchamacallit? Black Sunday? No, I've seen Black Sunday. Oh, I'm a okay. big Mario Baba fan. No, last week. Oh, Autophagist. Yes. I was surprised you hadn't seen that. No, movie. I hadn't seen it. Um, I did too, because I knew who Kevin Eastman was and shit, who, who is the uh, star. He stars as the titular character and is also the co-writer huh the titty character yes the titty character uh but i was in atlanta i was i was i was a busy boy over the last week or so uh before that i was in orlando went down there to see old elton john yeah and that was amazing 
then uh, Thursday, which is kind of getting everything ready for Friday. And then Friday, I head up to Atlanta again, go hang out with the family, went to Shake and Easy to go see Nine Chanel's again. Mm-hmm. Uh, just hung out, came back. Great trip. Came back to work. Was instantly miserable. <laughs> yeah, work will do that. <laughs> uh, the job I work for is trying to be... Uh, oof. Well, we'll see uh, where my career leads at this point. <laughs> now that I've really beefed up my LinkedIn. Yeah, so what happened? Because <laughs> uh, I heard that you, you graduated uh, last night. I did. Well, the night before, The night before actually. last. Yes, yes, the night before last yes. you graduated. Yes. And you went to school that day also for the first time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the most rigorous 35 minutes of my life. So much dedication. Blood, sweat, and tears, really. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. What um, What would you uh, would you get a degree in? Or diploma in, rather? I have a diploma as a board-certified parapsychologist. So, hopefully that won't ruin my LinkedIn account. <laughs> so, again... <laughs> So it connects back into what we were saying before. Yes. If you have ghost equipment to send us. <laughs> I am trained. <laughs> certified. <laughs> accredited. The place is now certified ghost hunter. <laughs> so you want to give us some... Uh... It took an entire lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> it was rigorous. <laughs> you just had to look at your phone. <laughs> the International Board of Therapy approved this course. Think about that the next time you want to talk to somebody at BetterHelp. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's awesome that you're uh, you're even more educated than you were a week ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I do like that you brought a pipe in today that you're smoking. Yeah. And you have <laughs> yeah. you're dressed like a professor from the seventies. I think mm-hmm. that uh, well, fits I in. Mean- I would prefer you call me doctor. <laughs> P- Professor Bazir. Hmm. Yes. Yes, I did not spend 35 minutes in spook school. <laughs> oh, that came out wrong. Spooky school. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Skip that part. Please, you can just edit it out. No, that's too much work. Yeah, it's a lot. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> yes, uh, I do. Um... Yeah, uh, I don't know what all news we have. Let's see. What news do we have? Um, I didn't see anything new. I still haven't been able to go out and see Doctor Strange yet. No, uh, I see that. I hear audiences are really liking it. Some, some well, critics aren't. I fucking... Marvel movies. The audience will always just be like, Oh, sweet, I got to buy Watch a Popcorn. Yeah, I'm but like, this is Sam Raimi. I get that. I'm just saying it's and a Danny Marvel Elfman. movie. It doesn't mean... It doesn't mean anything. I mean, remember Sam Raimi's last movie? Which? Uh, fucking Oz the Great and Powerful. Remember how good that was? Mm. <laughs> wasn't that the, wasn't that the best movie of last decade? Mm-mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> but speaking of which, uh, apparently there is an interest in doing a legacy reboot of Darkman. Sam Raimi yeah, said? Um, and Liam Neeson said he really wanted to do it. Well, I mean, fuck, Liam Neeson's been making the same movie for the fucking, like, 
14 years at this point. Yeah, he's probably ready for something different. It's like, all right, here's the movie. You're going to be an old like, man be, who's going to be go Can I be quite again? again? Please? You're going to be an old man that has to go and beat people up because they took something from you or they wronged you in some way. Something family, something bad. But, something. but, but is Liam Neeson a, a flight risk at this point? Kind of. Because he said that really pretty racist thing i mean yeah i, would I mean say in context so. i get what he was trying to like in context i the, don't with the story well in context with the story he was saying this was his mind he was thought this at the time whatever he was not a great person and stuff it's what he's trying to say but you just take that quote and you say you're like mm. <laughs> it's like maybe you shouldn't just maybe you shouldn't have said that at all <laughs> I get what he was trying to do, but... Uh, That's why Daniel Day-Lewis left acting. Why? In Gangs of New York, Liam Neeson said something so <laughs> terrible that he said, I'm doing a few more movies and I'm out. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? That's what happened. Oh. <laughs> I heard it. Well, you know, you know how much of a strain method acting is. He's like, you know, I'm the butcher here, but you've butchered my heart. I mean, killed Liam Neeson's only in that movie for like two minutes. Yeah, they kill him pretty quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, Daniel Day Lewis, I mean, you know, method acting is a pretty difficult thing to do. You know, it takes a lot of strain. I mean, ask Jared Leto. Ask <laughs> <laughs> Jared Leto. Eh. The, the voice of a generation, Jared Leto. Not a complete fucking hack, Jared, Jared Leto. Leto. <laughs> Not a good God. I wish I OD'd like Heath Ledger, Jared, Jared Leto. Leto. <laughs> yeah, Jared Leto, who has. Why a, can't I be the Joker? You know who has that amazing band, Jared Leto. Right. Does Thirty Seconds of Mars have a fucking uh, Thirty Seconds of Thirty Seconds to Mars? Do, do do they have a fan base? Do people? Oh like yeah, them? people love them. Or uh, is their IQ above like seventy? I mean, yeah, no, there's a lot of people who, there was a, here's the thing, I don't think they've written a song that's mattered in about 13 years, <laughs> but I can always just they rem- did have songs that people thought mattered. Because he's too busy being the greatest actor in the world. That's what I'm saying. He's just so dedicated to his roles that clearly everything he does doesn't just come off completely idiotic. No. Right? Right. You heard the story about Blade Runner 2049? Yes. <laughs> Whenever his character's blind, even though his character in the movie, I think, has optical eyes, so he's not technically blind, but whatever. So he, he said the way to get into this role is to pretend like I'm blind on stage because I'm a method actor. And somebody on set was saying, like, how he would come. <laughs> he would be guided in by, like, somebody on the crew because he's blind. <laughs> He'd be walking in, and they, said, and they would say, they were like, a complete hush would go amongst the cast and crew. We were all in awe. I'm like, no, people are trying not to fucking laugh. It's like, dude, you are a fucking idiot. Oh, man, I bet Hans Zimmer would like that kind of shit. <laughs> Hans Zimmer was all about it. Oh, he's like, oh, man, Jared Leto is the voice of a generation. <laughs> 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 you, you would love it. Um, we did lose somebody. Uh, comic book 
writer. Yeah. Or, our, not artist, our good our friend. Yes, comic book artist Neil Adams. We were sad about that. Pass away, who we have a history with. Uh, Neil, a brief history, but he recognized <laughs> us. Well, well, okay, let me do this. Neil Adams, other than being a very, very big artist in, in the comic book industry and everything, um, having a run with Danny O'Neill, Denny O'Neill uh, in the 70s with Batman, brought that com- character completely back. At the same time, he, him and Denny O'Neill also did uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, like their kind of road trip arc, um, which brought in this whole thing of social commentary in a comic book that really previously wasn't there. I mean, that was the arc where Speedy, uh, Green Arrow's sidekick, uh, got addicted to drugs and all that, and, and they actually had him like shooting up on the cover things. And you just see Green Arrow go, oh, my God, my ward is a junkie. <laughs> I yeah. mean, and that was super controversial. I mean, Neil Adams did a lot um, for the comic book industry, including fighting a lot for the rights of comic book artists. Um, he fought for the uh, rights against the companies that – hey, Scully's in. Scully's Scully came here. in. Uh, he fought for the comic book rights of uh, artists being able to own the artwork that they make for the big mm-hmm. companies like DC or Marvel yeah. who were just fucking them over on a lot of money. He fought for that, which went through. He also fought to give uh, Siegel and Schuster um, the rights to Superman, which DC completely fucked them over. I mean, those guys were living in poverty, and they were making like a lot of money off that character for years and years and years since his creation. They completely off of fucked Superman? Them up. Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They made money? Off of Superman? Who, who knew? Really? Go, go, go figure. You're kidding. But he fought the rights and, and, and you know, he got the um, credits back to Siegel and Schuster. I think one of them were dead by the time, but uh, one of them was like working in poverty as a mailman. Uh, I mean, it was awful, awful that they just fucked them over. But Neil Adams got them the rights back. He did a lot of great things. Um, he also did, if you look at the poster for Phantom of the Paradise, he did all the uh, drawing on it. Yeah. Um, he did all yeah. the, he did all the line work. That and one all surprised that me. I didn't yeah. know about that one until recently. But we have a history with <laughs> Neil Adams. We sure do. Because I'm I'm a I'm a big Neil Adams fan as a comic book artist, and uh, we I was had, we, big we, at swindling him out of money. <laughs> we had a chance <laughs> to meet him a few times because I'm pretty sure he lives somewhere in Florida. He would always be at the Florida conventions. And yeah, stuff. we would always see him. And uh, he always has like a block. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like rented out like a block of tables with his art and stuff like that. His wife would help him. Which you know, fuck it. Yeah, he deserves it yeah. after all the work he put in. Yeah, his wife would help him manage the the area and stuff like that. But we went there, um, and I wanted to buy some art from him and give him to sign it. And uh, I'm like, hey, Blaze, take a picture of us. I want to get a picture with Neil Adams. And he's like, cool. So Blaze has my phone. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's signing the stuff. And I'm talking. I'm like, well, like a photo. It's like, oh yeah, well, a photo is like. You want to charge for a photo, 50. right? Like 50 bucks. It was $50 to take a photo with him sitting down yeah. in a fold-out chair. Yeah. Yeah, just sitting there being being old. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I should <laughs> Being old and fat, fuck him. No, I'm going to say that. Um, but I, even though I just did. Um, but uh, we were And sitting- that was... Uh, here's the thing. Like, if it was 50 bucks just to take a picture with him, okay. But the fact you spent, like, 40 bucks on a print... To have him sign it. Yeah. And, oh, you put it up. It looks so good. Oh, that print? I didn't print? see the yeah. Raven print. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Where was I? <laughs> About the print that, right. uh, that, that we got so from the So you paid, like, 40 bucks and then 20 bucks or 30 bucks to get him to sign this, like, piece of work. And then he's, like, also 50 bucks. <laughs> 
take a picture and i was like nah fuck that here's your arm and neil adams but it turns out the blaze was already accidentally taking pictures it wasn't an accident fuck him so it turned to a running joke that every time we still see neil adams at a convention, I would try and we would always a take photo. a picture of the back of his head or like <laughs> on the side some, of him. Some kind of thing. But uh, we would always kind of have a, a short discussion with him and see how he's doing. Yeah, he was always. I mean, he was always he, nice to he us. He always remembered us for some reason. Maybe that's because we always forced ourselves into his booth and we we're like, "Hey, <laughs> he's you. like, uh, he's like, oh, it's you." I mean, we were going pretty consistently to, to conventions like back to back at that time. Yeah, but also the best one was whenever we were at Pensacon. We Pensacon. Was great. We went to yeah. Pensacon and we were meeting David Prowse, who is one of the actors who played Darth Vader. He played Darth Vader in the suit. Um, and uh, Not the voice. No, it was James Earl Jones. He was not voiced by Mufasa the Lion. <laughs> <laughs> but James Earl Jones, can we can we get an autograph? He'd be like, no. He'd be like, oh. I'm afraid not. It's $80 for a photo. Um, I disagree, boys. Yeah, so, not to give you this. I'm like, it's fine. Just because he talked to us like that, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I'd be like, okay. Like, <laughs> um, I have an odd film, you bitch. <laughs> we went to meet Neil Adams. and uh, Or we went to meet David Prowse. And Neil Adams was, was at the convention. And uh, to meet David Prowse, we were both dressed up like uh, Princess Leia. Different variations. It was just like Slave Leia. Just like uh, uh, regular Princess Leia. Uh-huh. And we're walking around the convention, and Neil Adams sees us, and, and he's just like, "Bitches!" Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "You dirty dogs!" <laughs> I guess uh, we also uh, did a lot of uh, drinking. Yeah, well, we did that too, but a lot of most of our costumes were female characters. Yeah, because it's funny. Well, yeah. And people people found it fun, so. Oh, yeah, we had a good time doing it, too. Yeah. And, you know, we well, also like those characters. I mean, really, so. really, we're the Flip Wilson of our generation. <laughs> yes. The devil made us do it. <laughs> we're just the Flip Wilson of the generation. Uh, but, yeah, Neil Adams, rest in peace. You did a lot. I mean, yeah, the sports speaks for itself. You were always really friendly. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, uh. Maybe a little greedy. <laughs> I'm just um, but yeah, speaking of uh, uh, genius creators and stuff. <laughs> Are you talking about me and my parapsychology diploma? <laughs> yes. I mean, between you and Gerald Leto and Neil Adams. I mean, we're just going to arc really right now, right? It's we're going to true. arc of, of, of just genius and artistic flair uh creative people that just are naturals that just putting out quality work am i right uh did you hear glenn danzig is working on a new movie (laughs) after the vampire one this one hasn't been released widely yet yeah how (laughs) how does he not release this movie first so on a podcast called radioactive with mike z uh he's talking about that he has a handful of different horror movie projects in the works um quote he said that uh the vampires Sorry, The Vampire's Vengeance is a Death Rider sequel, first of all. <laughs> he made a sequel to, De- to, to Death Rider in the House of Vampires. It's called The Vampire's Vengeance. And, and I am talking about Death Rider in the House of Vampires that has not been released <laughs> widely yet. It had a premiere. It got terrible reviews. And I think Danzig is embarrassed and is not releasing it to the public yet. Danzig! Release, first of all, release a movie that's done and that people have already seen first on Blu-ray or something. Because me and you have been chomping at the bit, yeah, to watch to this, see it. Because yeah. we want to have a double feature episode where we talk about Veronica and that. But also, he continues, that's almost done. 
Then I'm writing a werewolf biker movie. Like 1% are werewolf bikers. Outlaw bikers. <laughs> then I've got a martial arts movie I've been working on for a while. Oh my god, <laughs> I would love to see a dancing martial art movie. <laughs> for a while with a knife fighting assassin. And then the Veronica sequel. <laughs> You know what's so funny about Danzig to me is that I just find the things he does hilarious, but I know if I met him in real life, I would be fucking starstruck. Yeah? I would be starstruck. I we, love, we, we've seen him live before. I mean, like, if I was talk, like I ran into him right. somewhere, I would be starstruck. I'd I feel be like, like oh, my fucking God, it's Glenn Danzig. And I just think back to, like, how much Lucifuge was like my rock out album as a kid and be like, I mean, that's oh an amazing God. album. Yeah. I mean, when, who the gods kill and everything like that. Yeah. Like that's the thing about dancing. That's so funny to me is that it's so easy to make fun of him. But at the same time, I have so much respect for him in a weird way. I mean, I, I feel like I wouldn't be starstruck with Danzig Cause I feel like if I talk to him, then I've been like, you know what? I could have probably just went up and found any 13-year-old boy to talk to. Because hmm. <laughs> I figured out the problem with Danzig is... He can't be that bad if Henry Rollins is his best friend. Mm. Like, I don't <laughs> no, know. No, like, say wouldn't you want to talk to Henry Rollins? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I feel like Henry Rollins may annoy me also because I feel like he may be a dick. Oh, he could definitely yeah. be a dick. I, uh, I, I don't know. He was... He responded to me in an email before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you said that before. Yeah. When you were going through some relationship troubles and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, way back in the day. When you're going uh, through a breakup at the time. Yeah. yeah. And he responded very kindly. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, I always hear mixed things about him and stuff. But um, What a creep. I, mean, I, I like, was a child. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> Talking to me randomly. You didn't know who I was. <laughs> sending, sending you dick pics. I'm calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, no, I feel like, you know, my thing with Danzig, I always try to figure out is that, like, what is it with Danzig? Like, you know, it's like, I could never figure out, like, all the weird things that he's into and things that he says and looking at his work and the stuff he writes about and the comic books he makes and then seeing things like Veronica and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what is it about Danzig? And then I realized Danzig is a 13-year-old that stopped developing. <laughs> You know, I, I almost feel like it was more of a reversion because you can watch like these videos of him with fans and stuff in the 80s and stuff like that. And he seems like a pretty normal guy. Yeah. And it's really weird to watch. I mean, if you watch the VHS tape interviews, that's different. Yeah. Like when you get him interviewed, he's being a weirdo. But when he's just hanging out with people in the 80s, he seems totally fine. But I don't know if it's like this weird like lack of confidence that's come along with age and everything like that. And he didn't, like, go into it gracefully or something. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by Danzig. I'm, I'm fascinated. fascinated, too. I'm only, every time I see his name, I'm like, I have to know what's happening. What, what, what I love about Danzig is just these random photos that keep on coming out of Danzig doing menial tasks. <laughs> There's, of course, that famous one I post a few times on social media where just him cutting cake with a, with a knife. It's just like he's looking at the cake, but like he's biting his bottom lip and stuff. Always handing out the other piece that he just cut, or the one that came out. I think he may have posted it, where it's him wrapping gifts during Christmas. And then one came out recently where it's him like checking out a cash register at like some bakery or something yeah. or a diner. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like, I I do feel for him in a way. Like, imagine if everything you did was memed forever and that sucks like that kind of sucks like 
I would feel so fucking horrible about myself. And I think that's what's happened is that he's become the meme people were making him to be. And well, now he yeah. is that. And it's sad because I love him. And back in the 80s and shit, you'd be like, Danzig, that dude's cool as fuck. I mean, I hear from... That's the coolest motherfucker. I mean, there's there's definitely a mixed thing about, like, if well, people get along with him or not. Because some, some autobiographies I read is like, no, we've met... You know, the Misfits when they're together, they're all like really nice. Like Danzig was awesome. Jerry was awesome. Yeah. You know, everybody was cool in the band. But then, of course, you see like videos of like that dude knocking Danzig out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or like Metallica later on was like, yeah, Danzig's a fucking dick. But it's also Metallica. So yeah, I don't give a fuck about Metallica. <laughs> Unless it's like Kirk. Suck my dick. Unless it's Kirk or Metallica. Robert. Unless it's Kirk or Robert. I really don't, I don't really give a shit about Kirk either. Robert, I'll give I'll give the pass on. Robert, you you support some underground shit, and I appreciate. He supports that. underground stuff, but I like Kirk because he seems like a nice guy. But also, I mean, he's such a huge horror monster fan. He's a massive Universal monster fan. Yeah, he has I know. He makes awesome really collection expensive guitars with the posters on uh, it. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm like, that's just a fucking poster on a guitar, you piece of shit. Why are you making him charge two thousand dollars? But have you seen his monster collection? Yeah, like I the have. stuff he collects and stuff yeah, like that, like I, actual I, props and it shit. It doesn't make me want to hang out. Watch your interviews. He seems like a really shy, awesome guy. And and uh, fuck Lars, <laughs> and James Hetfield. I was like, I was okay with James for a long time. And from what I understand, he seems like a pretty nice guy, even though he is a raging alcoholic that goes in and out of rehab for it. Um, hey, well, I don't hold that against anybody. No, but it uh, takes time to get that. No, no, no. Of course, of. I mean, I'm not holding against, but I mean, he seems so like he gets along people, and then he came See, out. See, this with, is like, what's wrong with Danzig. It's people like you. <laughs> Fuck Danzig. Fuck you. <laughs> and then, uh, but Danzig, come on the show. I will respect you. <laughs> where he seems like, uh, but then then all this shit came out with uh, fucking James Hetfield and like being more a lot more right wingy than I uh, <laughs> surprised. Like not really. I mean, honestly, it's a lot of those old punk and metal dudes. Just for some reason, like. They, it's like, yeah, anarchy and blah, 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 and cool stuff when I'm young. And then it's like, well, now that I'm older, I decided now that I have money, I'm going to be a piece of shit. Yeah, like, probably. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing when you come across a lot of money normally, and if you're sitting in your wealth, it's normally that you're going to go to more right-wing ideal. Which is right? stupid. Yeah. But anyways, we're, we're getting a bit of a shit. rant. Fuck uh, you, <laughs> James. Like, uh, Danzig's a saint. <laughs> yeah. But uh, sure. Fucking Danzig is a... Uh, they, they say that he's a dick. <laughs> so, you're turning a dick over time. I don't know. It's I bet, whatever. I bet me and Danzig could have a good day together. We'd go have dinner. We would go to, like, the bakery he likes. We would talk about films. We would go back to his place. We would lay in bed together. <laughs> Danzig would make love to me. <laughs> and I would go, whoa! <laughs> Not like this, Glenn. Not like this. No, I would say exactly like this. <laughs> you'd be like, the next morning you'll wake up and you'd be like, don't tell Paige about this. Just like, I don't give a fuck about you or your life. Leave. <laughs> and then you would go out the front door and you'd be walking back to your car. And he'd throw a brick at And you'd trip <laughs> over a pile of bricks that are stacked in front of his house. Uh. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> All right. Um, any other news? Was that, that news? <laughs> I mean, we're just kind of ranting yeah, and bullshitting. We just kind of 
rambled for a while. Uh, but no, it was news because he's making f- f- what uh, a sequel to Veronica, a sequel to Death Rider, a biker werewolf film that hasn't come out, and a yet. kung fu film that he's all working on. Um, fucking, uh, I mean, really, when we said a one percenter werewolf biker film that just fits in, which like. It's also the, the dumbest, like, 13-year-old wet dream <laughs> imaginable, where it's like, spaghetti western with vampires, but you don't have to worry about like, other vampire movies, because in this one, everybody's yeah, a vampire. Yeah, you're really going to have egg on your face when you watch this movie. <laughs> oh, no, you don't worry. I already saw Veronica. I'm pretty sure I know what I'm in for. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to be like, oh, my God, he did it. <laughs> and I'll be like, motherfucker, this is a good movie. <laughs> All right. About it. All right. Uh, Is it time? I guess we will go into our main topic. Trailer time. Trailer time. Jimmy Bones, is that you? We killed you. This is the story of Jimmy Bones. I'm with you, baby. Black as night and hard as stone. It took his life. He never rested in peace. Now his vengeance will be unleashed. Snoop Dogg. All debts are paid, baby. Bones. Read it all. Starts Wednesday, October 24th. All right. So, Bones starring Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg and, the Diggy Dog. And, and Pam Greer. Um, came out in 2001, directed by Ernest Dickerson, who we'll get into a little bit, and written by Adam Simon and Tim Metcalf. Uh, Adam Simon and Tim Metcalf both had writing careers before this film. Um, Adam Simon wrote, um, he wrote and directed a movie called Brain Dead. But after that, he wrote a little gem called Carnosaur. Wait, not Brain Dead as in Dead Alive's other name. No, 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 no. Okay. Not, not the Peter Jackson. This okay, one I was going to say, I'm like, one. what? No, no. I'm wearing that shirt right now. No. Um, but he wrote Carnosaur. Which oh, is yeah. a movie that was produced by Roger Corman that was supposed to be a uh Cormasaur. It's supposed to be yeah. It's supposed to be a, well, you know, Roger Corman time a big movie. He was kind of the asylum before asylum for, there for a while. Um Bless that man. Where where it's like, oh, Jurassic Park is coming out? Well, I'm gonna do my own dinosaur movie. Oh, Laura Dern is in Jurassic Park. Well, I'm gonna get her mom, Diane Ladd. <laughs> Because he worked with Diane Ladd and Bruce Dern a lot uh, back in like the 70s, 60s. Like, oh, I get her. And at one part of that movie, Diane Ladd gives birth to a dinosaur. Um, so, <laughs> but he wrote Carnosaur and Tim Metcalf. Uh, he wrote a movie called California that stars Brad Pitt and David Duchovny. It's uh, and uh, 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 Jesus Christ, what's her name? Um, Juliette Lewis. Um, where Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis are a couple... Of, it's almost like Natural Born, Born Killers, but better, I, th- I think, at least. Uh, where David Duchovny is a reporter that's following this serial killer couple around. Uh, that's played by Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis. Um, not bad. But they also wrote together um, Honey in Connecticut. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that one awful. No, it's not terrible. It's a pretty decent... It's all right. Uh, it's a good little... Possession. I mean... Ghost film. <sighs> It's very hard to watch these movies as a parapsychologist. Oh, no. Well, yeah, you're, you're, especially you're... being certified. It's hard to look at them and take them with an ounce of seriousness. Well, yes, of course. I also, if you can open that sliding glass door so your uh, pipe smoke can go outside. 
Um, it's getting better. No. <laughs> um, I am your professor. But uh, er- Ernest Dickerson, on the other hand, um, who's, who's, who's the director. Um, Ernest Dickerson, uh, from, I think he's, I don't know if he was born there or just lived there for a while, from Bedstoy, New York, Bedstoy. Oh, okay. And uh, where he went to film school and he met a classmate that he went on to have a very, very good working relationship with. Um, on this classmate's first film, he was a, he became the cinematographer on this particular movie and became this person's cinematographer for a long, a big chunk of their early career. And this uh, student that he met was a young man by the name of Spike Lee. Um, Ernest Dickerson was a cinematographer of She's Gotta Have It all the way through Malcolm X. So Do the Right Thing, School Days... Uh, Jungle Fever, uh, Mo Better Blues. What's the, the World War Two one? No, that was way later. That Miracle was way Saint later. Anna. Okay. Yeah, that, that came out in the two thousands. He he stopped being a cinematographer for. I mean, I think he was still he's still on good terms with Spike Lee, but he just went on to to direct himself. Uh, Malcolm X was like the last collaboration I think they did. Was um, that earlier than two? I thought that came out later than Miracle at St. Anna's. No, Malcolm X came out like 1993, Jesus, man, I'm way fucking like off. Okay. St. Anna came out like 2006, 2007, something like that. Jeez. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ernest Dickerson then went on to good become movie, a director. Though. He directed a very, very good film as his directorial debut, which was a movie called Juice, starring Tupac Shakur and Omar Epps, um, which is – very popular. Juice is a very good film. Um, and then he went on to shoot. You call movie Juice and you don't have OJ. Okay, <laughs> fine. What, what Whatever. The <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. What it is, is it before name? he killed people? Allegedly. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who we knows? Don't, if the glove doesn't fit, you fuck gotta you. quit. You know? <laughs> I mean, you're. you're you don't have a diploma in criminal psychology. I have a diploma in paranormal psychology because I'm a well-adjusted human being yeah. who has no, things to do with their time. They wouldn't just use their spare time for, for a quick laugh. Sir. You're, you, you are a well-studied individual. Sir. <laughs> um, I spent an entire lunch break of my life with blood, sweat, and tears to go on LinkedIn and say, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) And you can do it too. (laughs) For Um, $12. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, oh boy. But, uh, yeah. So, um, after that, he went on to direct, uh, a favorite of mine and yours, which is, uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Yep. Um, and then a few years later, he made Bones. And now, I mean, Ernest Dickerson also has a very steady career. Um, he's kind of went from doing film work but, uh, to doing a lot of TV work and shooting for a lot of big TV shows. Um, he's consistently working. He seems he's like dicking a, around everywhere. <laughs> he seems like a very nice, cool guy. I've, I've watched interviews with him. He was also on that documentary Horror Noir, which is about... Um, if I you, still haven't watched that. Oh, my God. Yeah. If anybody hasn't watched that, you have Shudder. It's a great documentary about the history of, of, of the black community in horror cinema. Um, and they interview a lot of black actors, directors, writers, 
that, that have worked in the field. So people like Ernest Dickerson, people like Ken Forey, Keith David, you know, all, all these different people um, throughout the times of, of showing like where horror was also different, like college professors and stuff like that. And then they made a uncut season of horror noir where they just go deeper in the interviews. And it's really interesting. So watch it if you have a chance or if you haven't watched it. But uh, Ernest Dickerson seems like a very cool guy. And he made Bones originally as the attention to um, – his intention was to, was to make it more like a classic monster film. Like you want to make it like a universal – Which would explain the blood effects. Uh, well, no, no, no. That, not yet. He wanted to make it like a classic like universal film. Oh, like, it looked like Hammer like, like, kind like, of or, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, well, yeah, I, I can see that also for sure. But you want to make it like a monster film was like uh, – like, you know, Frankenstein or Wolfman or anything like that. Um, but then you want to mix it in. And this is where the blood, in my opinion, comes in is with uh, he'll make a 1970s black exploitation version of that. Yeah. Also, hence why Pam Greer is in the film. The goddess Pam Greer. I mean, it's definitely not as scary as Petey Weedstraw. Oh, n- nothing is as scary as Petey that Weedstraw. That is the scariest damn movie I've ever Except seen in my son- life. <laughs> son in law of the devil? Yeah. Rudy Ray Moore, baby. Uh, but, uh,. Yeah, Put so, your weight on Yes. <laughs> he was a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so the studio was like, no, we, we don't we don't want that. We want you to make it like more modern, like, you know, 13 Ghosts or Ghost Ship or the fuck was out at that yeah, time. Yeah, 13 Ghosts was like the you know, big one at that time. Yeah, you know, this late 90s, early 2000s, the like bad remake. I, you know, I, I watched, I had a 13 Ghost Day that I forced Paige to sit through. Oh, really? Watch the original and the new and one? The original and the new one. And the original one's can't be fun but it's william castle oh I mean, yeah. yeah i mean it's it's a classic <laughs> yeah like it is and uh i think at the end of it she was like you know what i kind of enjoyed the original better because yeah. she only knew about the remake the, so. the great thing about 13 ghosts see i'm going to tangent again the great thing about the original 13 ghosts and william castle is for whoever doesn't know william castle was a schlock purveyor mm-hmm. um he believed the idea that you went to the movie theater you're supposed to get experience so he would always have some gimmick because this is back in the day whenever you and that's tore. why he was so upset about rosemary's baby yeah yeah well you yeah. You, you, you would you would tour your movie um at that time it wasn't like you having a regal amc where you just go to the movie like movies only had a certain amount of time and once they're out you probably didn't have time to see because vhs wasn't a thing dvds weren't a thing so you kind of tore the movie around so he would tour these films you make and he made a lot a lot of horror films B movies stuff like that but you always think that i need to get the audience in i need a reason for it to come in so the most famous and successful one was we made the tingler yeah vincent price and he called it you know he has some big like flashy name for like the movie going experience with this movie so it's like shakarama or like whatever like it'd be called something but what he did is that under certain seats in the theaters he put a buzzer under there and then whenever the tingler when the creature came up uh, on the screen yeah. when the buzzers would go off and scare the crowd so the crowd was like freaking out like here and there and stuff right um but 13 ghosts the thing was that um there were basically what now would be 3d glasses yeah. But the time is that you watch a movie, you wouldn't be able to see the ghost. But when you put the glasses on, you would be able to see the ghost. I didn't know that. That's so, pretty cool. So it's like if you're too afraid, then don't wear the glasses. Or you don't believe in ghosts, I think he said. And, you know, he's this big guy that smoke a cigar and stuff like that. He always, like, hosts, you know, the movies or whatever. Oh, yeah, he yeah, was a complete- yeah. If, if you haven't seen the Joe Dante film, uh, Matinee, first of all, you should watch the great film. But that's based off of William Castle. John Goodman plays a very much 
a William Castle character in that film. Uh, we should go back to the topic. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's 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 really cool, really cool uh, uh, thing about just he was so cool. I, I want to have an episode just talking about William Castle. We or should. William Castle I films. would love that. Uh, the episode forty William Castle marathon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can watch a, two or three of his films because they're pretty short. Seven. You know, Haunting a Hill House is only like seven. Haunted Hill House, seven <laughs> films. Uh, House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, I was Haunted gonna Hill say, House. I'm like, that's not him. <laughs> yeah, House on Haunted Hill is on. I like, do have both though, on VHS. Do you? Yeah, I have House on Haunted Hill and I have uh, uh, Hell House. But it's actually this does reconnect, actually, to Bones. Yes. Okay, because we need to go back <laughs> because I was gonna bring up about like 13 Ghost remakes like that. What Bones reminds me a lot of is the, that really bad remake of House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> Oh God, the haunting! No, House on Haunted Hill wasn't called the haunting. No, with like Liam Neeson and Owen. No, Wilson. that was another one. That was a bad one. House on Haunted Hill is one with Jeffrey Rush and Famke Janssen. Ah, uh, Je- Jeffrey Rush is the only good part because he's oh, doing yeah. like he's a really a good Vincent Price like kind actor. of impression in it. Uh, that's the one over instead of giving them little like guns and like coffins, give them desert eagles, and instead of like there may be a ghost in the house, it's like there's demons and everything is very like late nineties and it all goes crazy. I'm like, all right, Captain Barbosa. Yes. <laughs> And Bones kind of fits into that. Um, yeah, it does definitely fit into that early 2000s, like, let's do a horror movie. Yeah, right. The studio, there's you see all the studio involved. But at least this was actually an original idea, sort of. Yeah, there, there's definitely some... There's callbacks to other there's, things. There's visual cues. Um, there, there's definitely a, a couple Nosferatu shadow I mean, cues. we remember, we all remember the movie from the 1950s, The Ghost of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my favorite. So this must have been a re-release of that. <laughs> they, re- they really loved it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ernest Dickerson was a huge fan of... Fan of that 1950s film starring Snoop Dogg. <laughs> um, you know, he was like based I, off the 1920s album Doggy Style. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest Dickerson said, "I love this movie, and I'm not dicking around." <laughs> um, Ernest puts his dick in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ernest he, was scared stupid during <laughs> that movie. But he, <laughs> All right, he uh. Bones. Yeah, so he um he wanted he had a different vision, but of course it turned to what it was, which it feels like that House of Haunted uh House of Haunted Hill remake mixed with something like um uh, uh feels almost like you could kind of see the Demon Knight stuff they kinda of did, like especially near the end of this film. It, people start like facing like different like visions or like, you know, things that they see and stuff and that's very reminiscent of what he did with demonite i thought um but yeah this was uh late later in snoop dogg's career i mean not late late but i mean he'd been around for about, about 10 years 20 years no no well, i thought he was in the 80s he could show no that. no no doggy still came out 93 92. it was that late yeah oh my god yeah um but uh, so he'd been I around for about eight years or so. People knew who he was. He was super popular. All the death row stuff had already happened. All yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And this year, though, 2001 was big for Snoop Dogg to make a transition being more of a personality and actor. They had small parts before this because 2001 was also the release of Training Day and The Wash. And this. So, um, and another film also that he was in. 
Uh, I can't remember which one it was though. But he was. You he, said you, school days, but that's no, not school days. Uh, you said you wanted to pull that, that back that's, in somehow. That's what Ernest Dickerson. Well, no, no, it was about school days. Ernest Dickerson was a cinematographer on School Days uh, for Spike Lee. But Ernest Dickerson, connected to what we said about Joe Bob earlier about Death by Temptation, he actually did some of the creature effects and monster right, right, effects right. and stuff like that. So, I mean, he, he's done a lot of things in films and stuff. He's great. Um, but uh, Come on the show. So, so they're like, we're going to have Snoop Dogg a starring vehicle. And he, he is in it. People praised him and Pam Greer's performance this movie got terrible reviews it got critically slammed it has like a 20 percent which is kind of sad because it's really not that bad in comparison of other 2000s horror it is the definition of a cult film uh it is the definition of a cult movie that critics and the general audiences don't love but it kind of found its own it's kind of like mixing pop culture with demon knight and i enjoyed that yeah i can see that i mean you can see where demon knight's not like you know, like a serious "I'm so scared" movie. No, no. it's a Tales of the Crypt film. <laughs> exactly, and this feels like that, but with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but you know, you got Pam Grier, and also that's a reference back to the black exploitation film. You kind of want to go for. Um, she was coffee. No. Yeah, she was coffee. Yeah, she was Foxy Brown. She was. Years later, Jackie Brown as well. Cleo Lady um, Marmalade. She was uh, she was Sheba Baby. She was, um, you know, in movies like... She's in all those Jack Hill women in prison films. She was in things like uh, White Mama, Black Mama. Yeah. She collaborated with Sid Haig a lot because Jack Hill founded both of them. Uh, and Pam Grier is the absolute goddess. So uh, Jack Pam, Pam Grier is awesome. founded Sid Haig? Yeah. I thought that was... Uh... Jack Hill found him whenever he did Spider Baby. That is Jack Hill. Yeah. Okay, that's who yeah. I was thinking. I'm like, Spider Baby, though. Yeah, that's Jack Hill. <laughs> did we do an episode on Spider Baby? Uh, we brought it up during our... We brought it up during one of our episodes, I th- think. I think we maybe brought it up during the Halloween episode. I'm not sure about All that. All right, though. well, back to Bones. But uh, anyways, you want to go and uh, take point on this one? Why not? I've had <laughs> three glasses of scotch. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I need to catch up to you, man. <laughs> Here we are. In the where is this set? <laughs> is it Canada? <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's Canada. No, he moves to Carolina. But what was the original area? Does he go to Carolina? That's where they moved to. Was Carolina? Yeah. But I don't remember where that area was originally. Uh, I don't All know. right. So somewhere in this uh, area. We'll call it a city of sorts. It's a, a town it's with a, a big building. It's supposed to be a city. It, it's almost reminiscent of like Chicago and and uh, what's that area called? Like can't in, I like Candyman and I stuff. I wouldn't compare it to Chicago. <laughs> well, like in uh, Candyman and stuff. What's that? What's that? Like Detroit? No, no, it's in Chicago. But what's that area that they're in? That's all like dilapidated and like crime is everywhere and stuff. Um, it's the actual place. In Chicago. Yeah. Something really green. Um, oh, God damn it. I can't remember it now. Uh, fuck. I can't remember my phone's over there. I remember, but when I lived in Chicago, it actually wasn't. But there, there's an area that's become dilapidated in this city. Yeah. Uh, where everything is run down, and, and it used to be very vibrant back in the 70s, but uh-huh. now it's not. Yeah. Continue. So, so Snoop Dogg is known as a man named Jimmy Bones. 
who uh, we assume is a drug dealer, but he doesn't peddle hard drugs. But they don't really show him peddling drugs at all. No. But he definitely has a drug dealer vibe. Yes. Or a pimp vibe. Or Well, no, not a pimp, because he's only got one lady around him all the time, and that's his girl. Yeah. He's, he's from what I understand, Synopsis says that he is kind he's of, probably he's, he's a criminal, but he's, he's this area's protector as well, which is something that was the thing with like a lot of small, you know, a lot of cities and small towns that have mobs. <laughs> that, that, that had mob activity and stuff like that. That sure that a lot of people were getting, I mean, ironically, they were getting beat up for like protection money, all that, but there were also people that were kind of like, there wasn't as much crime and like, bad things happening because the criminals were doing most of the crime. <laughs> but they were protecting the people also, even though they were pieces of shit. <laughs> well, that's not quite how this crime syndicate goes because it's just pretty much Snoop Dogg He's just, Dog just him driving like, around, getting chauffeured he's just, around. He's selling weed, <laughs> chauffeuring around, and giving people in the town money. Because apparently and you like, can be an entrepreneur at that time just by selling weed. <laughs> hey, man. And, I mean, and, and, and at people, the, it is insane how how weed has changed in the past few years. Well, yeah, but at because that t- I remember it was like you had to wait in a trailer and hope you don't get shot back in the day, mm-hmm. and now it is. Well, I guess I'll go see my psychiatrist and say, "Hey, I need weed," and they're like, "All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's very different than what it was." So, at this time, I'm you know he was a weed dealer going around selling weed and giving <laughs> random people in town money. Yeah. And uh, along comes Eddie, Eddie uh, what was his name? Eddie Eddie Redmayne? Is that his name? No, as an actor. <laughs> Eddie Money. <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking about? Eddie who? The the other uh, gang guy who was selling the coke or crack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, there's, there's a guy that comes around. I can't remember his name, but well, I'm telling I'm telling this story how it should have been told. Okay, yes, please do. Yeah. You can you can elaborate just like we used to do when we had our uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark Nights? Right. You just tell the story so, how you feel like. It. Yeah. <laughs> so there's Zebo the clown. Zebo the clown. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, the movie starts off. Yes. With uh, two very white boys listening to Eminem and a Viper. Wow, shocker. Yeah, can you believe that <laughs> shit? Um, how how 2000s is that? How now is that? Thanks a lot, <laughs> Nick at night. Um, <sighs> what? <laughs> so... Wait. <laughs> so they go to buy drugs. Yes, they go to buy drugs, and there is a man with dreads on the back of his head that are pushed forward to the front of his head. Very strange hairstyle. And then another man with a big beanie. <laughs> and their names are uh, Forward Dread and Beanie. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Of course. As, as you oh, were. God! That's <laughs> Put him back up here. Okay. There we go. Good. So. We're sorry. Forward sorry. Dread and Big Beanie <laughs> uh, are asking about the money for what is supposedly drugs. And they give them the money and they tell them they got to go around the corner to get it. And also prior to this real quick. 
that the movie opens up with a man being chased by a big fucking dog. I forgot about that. And he runs towards his house that's in the middle of this ghetto, this big, this dilapidated building. And he's able to outrun the dog, and he gets to his apartment that's across the street from it. And he goes up stairs to his apartment, and it oversees right across the street. He can see the building. Right. And then this is when, right immediately right after that happens is whenever. The, yeah, the Viper and the yeah, drug so deal. Continue. <laughs> so they go to this uh, strange, kind of Victorian-looking building randomly placed in the middle of this dilapidated neighborhood. Yes. And they go in, and they're looking around for whatever drug dealer they can find. And then the cops come in, and... There's a young chief and an old detective, and they go in, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's nothing here. Let's just go. Don't worry about it. So then we get a close-up of the old chief, and we're like, okay, he's part of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and we get a little flashback, teeny tiny flashback. Teeny shows tiny younger. flashback where he goes, oh, fuck. Yeah, and shoots somebody. And then shoots mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah. And... The two boys who were buying drugs escaped, so they thought, and then shadows start chasing them around the house. Yes. And they get out of the house, and then uh, the man across the street in the window in the apartment starts screaming at them to get away from the door. The same man that was being chased, yeah. The same, yeah. The same guy. And they both get dragged back in. Yes. And then violently, one one gets dragged yeah, in, yeah, and, and blood just starts shooting, shooting on the everywhere. other guy's face, and then the other guy gets Sam Raimied into the building where he's dragging on the his nails are dragging across the wooden deck very badly. Yes, yes, and it looks terrible, but it, it's definitely a Sam Raimi nod. Gets the point across, sure. Um, and also, also real quick, inside the house, like the outside of it, inside of it. You say a Victorian. It definitely has a universal Gothic feel. Yeah, to, to it's look like the haunted mansion side of yes, yeah. this building that's in the middle of this dilapidated area. <laughs> so, fast forward to a new van approaching the house, <laughs> filled with our main character, kind of Patrick. Yes, he's the main character. I would say he's the main character. Um, Patrick, his sister. Uh, his, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say stepsister. This is no, it's a stepsister. There's no way. <laughs> but it's played. Uh, but it's Ginger from Ginger Snaps. Yes. And his brother. What was his brother's name? Brother. Brother. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, uh, Patrick's played by Hulk Hogan. So. Brother. <laughs> so and he's definitely upset that this is a mainly black cast. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to have sex with you, but I'm not going to like it. (laughs) Brother. Don't don't fuck Brooke. Don't fuck my daughter. (laughs) Wait. He wanted something. Somebody said something about getting balls deep in Brooke Hogan (laughs) on his Facebook. And he just responded, apparently not reading it, saying, hell yeah, brother. Did he really? Yeah, he did. It's really fucking funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. 
So they pull up in the van. And, and they and, pull up. And in their the friend van. Maurice is also there. So it's three siblings and their friend. Yeah, maybe you take it from here. <laughs> no, no, you're, good, you're doing good. Continue. All on. right. So they go in and start discussing how they have got this property at such a steal because <laughs> nobody wanted it. And they're going to turn it into new late night dance club. And they're also teenagers. And they're also teenagers. So number one, how'd you get the fucking money? Number two, <laughs> Why would you buy a dilapidated building in the middle of nowhere to start a dance club? Yes. But whatever. You know, you do what you do. (laughs) Relight your pipe. Relight. So they start going through the area and talking about all the different things they could do. And then their stepsister... Goes off on her own and finds a closet that seems to have a lock on it and unlocks the closet. And there is a giant black German shepherd with glowing red eyes barking at her. And she goes, do you want my burger? She's just carrying a hamburger. Just carrying a hamburger randomly because it wasn't with her when she walked in. But then all of a sudden she has a fucking fresh hamburger. But whatever. And she gives it to the dog, and the dog's like, okay, cool, we're cool. So and she's like, trust me, I turned a werewolf, werewolf before. Right. <laughs> I've been through this a couple times now. He's like, oh, my God, you're from Ginger Snaps. I love that movie. <laughs> Can I have an autograph? Can I have your autograph? And his little paw pushed a little autograph book. And that would be A-Dor-A-B-L-E-A. As people with education say. Yes. As most parapsychologists would say. <laughs> but, um, so they go back home, and they try to keep the secret hidden from their dad, who had originally come from that area and doesn't like to talk about it. And played by the great character actor Clifton Powell. Correct. Who, uh, I think most people, I mean, if you saw him, you heard his voice, you definitely know who he is. But most people would definitely recognize him, uh, as the voice of, uh, well, he's the voice of Big Smoke in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Uh, he's in Rush Hour. He's in a lot of different things. You yeah, he's see in him. He does voices in Boon, uh, the Boondocks. Yeah. As Uncle Ruckus. You know, he's Uncle Ruckus. I was wrong about that, actually. Oh. It, was, it was a different guy I was thinking of. But he you is he is, he is in Boondocks. Um, I can't remember what character he plays, though, in it. Yes. But uh, great, great character actor. Definitely. Yep. So uh, they move on. And then they end up back there again. So as they're trying to... Uh, well, his dad is, their dad is also upset because he's like, I'm self-made. I made myself. I left a really bad area. Now, look, I have... I'm a rich realtor boy. I'm, rich, I'm a rich man that works here and smokes my cigars. And I have a new wife. And you got a new sister. And you, you, you kids need to learn the meaning of a dollar. I'm kind of a piece of shit. Kind of. <laughs> and so, well, I mean, later on you find out he's a real piece of shit. Sure. <laughs> but, um, so knock comes at the door, their dad answers it, and it's the old grizzled chief detective that mm-hmm. we saw from earlier talking about how the secret that they were trying to hide is going to be exposed because the house that he was supposed to keep in his realty company was sold but sold to who who knows it was his kids 
Yes. So they bought it. And he's also grossly eating a fudgesicle. Yeah, he is grossly eating a fudgesicle the whole conversation. It's really awkward. He's just always eating something because he's fat and gross, apparently. That's his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. So, where was I? Yeah, eating fudgesicle like a fucking asshole. Um, so they're trying to fix the house up. Yeah, so they're trying to fix the house up, get it ready, and apparently it only takes two days. Yeah. Um, At the same time, though, they have a run-in with Pam Greer's character. Yep. And her daughter. Uh, Pam Greer's character's name is Pearl, and her daughter's name, who gives who a fuck. Who said, please uh, don't do anything with this house. This house is bad juju. Get rid of that dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because she sees the dog first, right? She's right. like, uh. But Patrick and the daughter, for some reason, have a romance that's based pretty much on nothing. It's pretty much based on, hey, we're supposed to be two of the protagonists. So we better be in a relationship, which never works in films. That's <laughs> it's true. like, oh, there's no connection? Well, I buy it then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sad stuff. Um, so she goes over the next night to spend the night with them. Mm-hmm. Even though she said, don't get fresh with me now, Patrick. <laughs> because I may be sleeping in a scantily clad uh, lingerie outfit. Yeah, we may have just been getting hot and heavy. like, And we may have been making a out. A minute beforehand. But don't you get fresh with me. So he's like, it's fine. I'll just go sleep you it's know, like, in my okay. brother's room or something like that. I'll sleep I'm going to turn mm-hmm. around and jack off. <laughs> That is the blaze technique. Paige loves it. If you get denied, (laughs) you turn around and you jack off when you hear him snoring. The end. (laughs) So that's bones. Okay, It's called getting the bone. (laughs) Uh, That's not true. I have depressives, so I don't get a lot of boners. (laughs) Uh, Where was I? (laughs) This episode's taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need some more scotch. I don't think you do. <laughs> um, yeah, and also we forgot to mention the Pearl, Pam Grier's character, is also Jimmy a... Jimmy Bones' girlfriend. Yeah, but she... Well, yeah, but she's also a... Um, psychic. She's a psychic and a tarot reader. Yeah, which they don't really go into at all, minus the fact they said... But they, they have, the, at the same time, that the scene that you're about to describe... They have the shop. They, they have. They, she's having a seance. Yeah, but that's pretty much the only thing she does. Yeah. Well, another part she's looking at tarot cards. I mean, I'm qualified to do a, a different part. A different part. She's she's reading tarot cards. Did you know that? I, I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm parasitic. I did. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, it's almost like I mentioned it a few times. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. Indubitably. So. She's in bed. She's in bed. Her mother's having a seance. Some guy talks about shit stanking. (laughs) And the walls start... Oh, wait. Fuck. No. It was first the brother. The brother experienced it first when all the walls turned into black hands reaching out to him. (laughs) 
<laughs> the whole wall turns into a wall of souls and balls. Yes, and a ball uh, wall. And he, and he does his <laughs> two rappers in one movie. ball wall, baby. Yeah, that's me. Uh, he's and he doesn't notice any of this is going on because he's laying on his bed with his eyes closed, listening to his CD player playing Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill because he has. I mean, really, if there's anything that that should set somebody off and going like. Oh, okay, that's probably the least believable thing. It's not being that into Cypress Hill. <laughs> it's like it's like, oh well, yeah. This like demon pimp comes back and starts killing the people that this murdered movie him. Will give you the Cypress chills. Oh, uh, this this dog he, turning, you know, having to eat meat and people to resuscitate. Uh, this 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 man that was wronged decades earlier to bring him back, and now. He has supernatural abilities. He's able to slaughter people. He's able to throw up maggots. He's able to bring people into a portal to hell. Oh, that's believable. But this guy being so into a CD of Cypress Hill <laughs> to where he doesn't notice that the wall has changed and that hands all that are coming out of the walls but are within, like, under an inch of his chest and stomach and body. Um, and he just doesn't notice because he loves Cypress Hill that much. Well, I think that is insane in the membrane, guys, so I don't know. Who knows? Doesn't work for me. So, yeah, now that Rocky's described the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll go on to opening night. Well, well, before that, she the same thing happened to her where... Yeah, it's the same thing. She, she thinks that guy's in bed with her, then the sheets wrap around her, the and seance on the other side of town goes terribly... Uh, and it's like, oh, well, Jimmy Bones is trying to speak to Pam Greer, Pearl, whatever, mm-hmm. from from the afterlife. Right. And every time, also, the dog eats something, meat it, or whatever. The, the body they found in the basement, that fucking oh, scully. We, we didn't mention that. Uh, they, they find a door. They go down the basement. They find the bones of Jimmy Bones. bones. Yes. <laughs> they find his... His, his his skeleton I'm so corpse. sorry, Scully. Don't be offended by this. He's, he's pretty offended because he's like, you forgot the bones part. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot the it. bones part. Yes. I'm totally made of bones. Yes. How dare you? Um. So, yeah, they, they found that one of the kids, Maurice, steals the ring from Jimmy Bones' finger, which will play in a little bit. Uh, so this whole time, every time the dog eats – the body starts like it's almost like Hellraiser, where the flesh and sinew and all that yeah, starts, starts like slowly building back. Yeah, but continue. So yes, opening night uh, within within like two days, they get it working into a full yeah, on. Yeah, uh, a, a totally dilapidated house in the middle of nowhere is now a perfectly fine nightclub. Yes, with a weird upstairs area that has bedrooms still, which is kind of weird. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, so the, it's this opening night at the club. Yep. Um, they're DJing and stuff. Well, we found out. Well, well, so he, well <laughs> the DJing to the best of their abilities before his chronic spendinitis show. Yes, one character is having spendinitis. Even though when you're listening to the, the music that's He's playing, not spinning there's shit. no scratching, there's no spinning, anything. They're just playing. the. It's like my record player for... If the record was playing there, and then I was sitting on the couch over here, and then I was like, 
ow, my wrist hurts. Yeah. Somebody better, somebody better relieve me so this record can keep on playing. Um, did, did we find out his past yet, or that, does that happen a little bit? Uh, the past happens... You know what? I think it's right after this. Okay. Yeah, All right. I think it's right after this. So, yeah, the one guy... They're, they're, well, it's not the one that gets spinitis as a walk-off. Right. Maurice is scratching or not scratching. No, He's just standing is not there. Scratching. He's standing there, and there's in this attractive woman. Maurice is, is wearing a furry cowboy hat. Yes, <laughs> he does have a furry cowboy hat. <laughs> uh, this, this this attractive woman comes up. He's like, "Oh man, she's giving him the fuck me eyes or whatever," and she's like, "Come on." And he's like, hey, bro, can you hold this down? And his bro, his, his buddy is like, uh, sure, I can watch it. And he goes off. He follows her up the stairs. And he's like, hey, let's have the sex. And she looks at him and she opens up her mouth and the dog comes out of it. <laughs> and the dog comes out and eats him t- to death <laughs> and while that's happening the bones in the basement start becoming holy snoop dog <laughs> yes they become snoop dog fully um and uh and it's at that time whenever his friend is like hey i have spinitis can you go find maurice he left me to go get laid and he's like why? Because I had to get... That's just updated copy. Um, but he's like, oh, yeah, uh, I'll go find him. He goes out there, finds Maurice's dead body. Uh, at this point, is it the dog that runs up to Patrick? And Yeah, a dog that runs up to him and starts throwing, and up, throwing up maggots, maggots all over him. A shit ton of maggots. Enough maggots that it launches... That they go through the floorboards and everything into the club area that's on the bottom floor of this building uh, in a complete Suspiria move. It, it triggers a... It, so many maggots, it triggers a Suspiria reference. It really does. <laughs> Where it starts raining maggots onto different things. All the club goers are freaking out. Not a good opening night thing to happen. Actually, not a good thing to happen on any night at any venue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they all freak out. They all run out. Um... Jimmy Bones appears. Yep, he blows up the basement. He blows up the basement and burns terrible the CG down. effects. The whole the whole building burns down. Um, around this time, we see a flashback that we learn what exactly happened. Is that Jimmy Bones, enforcer of this area, um, criminal? But he's not that bad because he gives kids candy money. I guess uh, I don't know. Um, these. Two guys, the cop and the one um, drug dealer, come up to him. It's like, hey, we're getting product. This is going to be the new thing. It's going to be huge. It's crack. Yeah, we should get in on it. And Jimmy sees it. He's like, I'm not down with that. His bodyguard shotgun is there. Uh, Clifton Powell's character is there, who's doing his right-hand man. Um, the grizzled old police chief. They, well, the grizzled police chief and the drug dealer, two guys, are trying to give him the deal. And he's like, yeah. no, I'm good. Um uh, he's like, I don't want to get in on this. So they, he's like, you have to leave. And then they get kind of rough with him. He pulls his knife out. Uh, well, no, he doesn't pull his knife out until they, no, they force pull the guns him to smoke him. The crack. They force him to smoke crack. Yeah. He pulls his switchblade out because also there's a shitty nursery rhyme. 
uh, revolving around the character Which Jimmy is Bones. In the trailer. Yeah, it's like it's it's like Nightmare on Elm Street where they have like the Freddy, uh, you know. But it's it's like straight to the point. It's very easy to remember. You know, one two, Freddy's coming for you. Like that whole thing. Where it's like that's a great little uh, nursery rhyme thing. Get stuck in your head. The nursery rhyme for Bones is awful. Too many syllables. Too much is going on. <laughs> it's like uh, Jimmy Bones. You know, he's. Dark as night and hard as stone. Uh, he has a switchblade, a Cadillac, uh, apartment. He's doing really well. He has a girlfriend also, but she's doing well. And then there's a line <laughs> that rhymes with that also. It's like, what the fuck is happening with this nursery rhyme? <laughs> but, uh, yes, he pulls his knife out after they force-feed him crack. He slices the cop. The cop gets mad. They just fill him up with holes. They pick up a switchblade knife. And they both cut him, and they're like, hey... If we're going down, you guys are going down too. So everybody pick up this knife and you basically Julius Caesar him. Uh, Clifton Powell doesn't seem like he has much of a problem with it. Also, at the same time, Pearl walked in. Um, stab him, stab him, stab him. Shotgun shows some remorse where he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And he picks up the knife and reluctantly stabs him. And then Pearl picks up the knife and she really doesn't want to do it. And uh, Jimmy takes her and pulls her into him to stab her um so that's why he's pissed off that's why he's a pissed off <laughs> ghoul at this yeah. point um so they're like oh man our venue burnt down clifton powell at this point is like probably not the worst thing that happened no <laughs> and so uh jimmy is now free he is full on uh ghost boy he's he's a ghosty boy He's walking around, killing people, looking for revenge. He goes to Shotgun's house, who was the man we saw being chased at the beginning of the film uh, by the dog that we found out is the spirit of Jimmy Bones, I guess. Um, his spirit animal, literally. I don't know. Uh, he goes up there. I don't even really get the relation because he didn't have a dog when he was alive. No, but but he's played by Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess, guess that's the dog. only relation. <laughs> so he goes to... Uh, shotgun's house and he's like hey you betrayed me it's like i've lived with regret for 30 years at this point yeah you know you feel bad for shotgun 20 some it's years. like he didn't yeah. want to do it and he was faithful so it was kind of shitty it's like i him. could die or you know if, yeah they I gave him the option you, to die or you. stab him and he's like already you should have died with me which makes no sense yeah he's like you should have just died with me yeah like cool and that <laughs> you're like, a good friend yeah really. why would i do that yeah, yeah then you're a piece of shit also which i mean clearly is a piece of shit because he is this um apparition that goes and just murders people anyways but um yeah he slices uh shotgun's neck open shotgun bleeds everywhere and die he, he's dead and then bones walk around those two drug dealers um front dreads and um is it called Front Dreads or Front Dreads? Front Dreads and Beanie Boy. Be- be- giant Beanie and uh, Beanie Baby and Front Braids. Um, they're trying to sell him drugs, and he kills them in some way to where... But their blood just splatters as, like, a person. Uh, yeah, that, no, but first of all, their blood goes, hits the wall of, like, a chalk line, uh-huh. and then the rest of their blood fills in the chalk line. I don't know how wall. you killed them. I'm really interested <laughs> to know how you killed them. <laughs> but yes, Jimmy. Jimmy's free. He's he's being bad guy. He goes to the drug dealer that that betrayed him. Um, who it's him and this girl he keeps around with him. This lady he keeps around with him, who is clearly, for lack of a better term, white trash. Um, 
And uh, they're at the pool hall dancing and hanging out. She's like, I have to go make pissies or whatever the fuck. I have to winky. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, all right. And, and then, then five, five seconds, seconds later, <laughs> he's like, hey, hey, <laughs> I need my dick sucks. <laughs> hey, it's been five seconds since you winky yet. <laughs> and then he goes to find her. And then there's a huge blood trail he finds through the hallway. And then he sees her legs coming out of a trash can. So she's literal white trash. <laughs> and then you see him turn quickly over to the pool table, which is being cut open <laughs> by uh, Jimmy Bones. And the pool table is bleeding, which is weird. And the, the pool table's like, I'm sorry, no, boss. No, please. <laughs> Jimmy, I didn't do this to you. <laughs> the pool. Don't the you pool remember me, Polly? The pool table. <laughs> um. So he murders the pool table, <laughs> who has become the loved character Polly, as of right now. As of now. <laughs> and uh, Eddie. The other drug dealer who killed him originally is like, oh, shit, (laughs) and starts shooting at him, which doesn't do shit because he's a motherfucking ghost. Because he's motherfucking Snoop Dogg. Motherfucking Snoop Dogg. A little little known fact, Snoop Dogg is actually impervious to getting shot. (laughs) (sighs) And um, then he holds up a random mirror. Where did he get that mirror? I don't know. Uh, and the guy shoots the mirror, and Snoop Dogg makes the glass from the mirror levitate and stab <laughs> into him, and Snoop Dogg cuts his head off. But the head is still alive, which is actually awesome. It turns yeah, into- it is actually awesome, and it's a great little like dialogue between the head of this extra. It turns into a little buddy film for for Boy, a few minutes. <laughs> we're even now. You, I killed you. You killed me. Yeah. He's like, let's go get let's go get revenge. So he calls up the cop that killed him, and he's like, he uses Eddie's voice to. I don't even know what the character's actually name is. actually named Eddie. I feel like it's Eddie. I don't know, but it feels well, like whatever. We're gonna call him Eddie because we aren't we aren't gonna look it up. No. <laughs> and, uh, God no. And uh, he uses Eddie's voice to be like, "Hey man, meet me at the place. I need that you know the drugs be dropped off at this spot." The cop was like, cool, I'm going to go do crime. I love crime. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he's eating, of course. Of course he's eating. And I'm sure he went into this building. He's like, man, I hope this is a hoagie shop also. (laughs) And he goes to a little... it looks like a little like pedestal or some something yeah, like that. Yeah, pedestal with there. candles on it that I assume he thought were cherry flavored. Yeah, so he ate the candles. So he started eating candles. <laughs> so he puts the drugs down, and and Jimmy appears with the head of Eddie, uh, and he shoves a crack pipe <laughs> into the police officer's mouth and seals it shut, yeah. which isn't exactly how the drug works. So it'd just be stuck in his mouth. Whatever. It was swallow the pipe and the rock, I guess. It really doesn't matter at that point. And uh, guess whose head gets ripped off? Oh, well, he first puts him on meat hook like Texas Chainsaw. A really and, bad meat hook. And then he like, slices. It goes to, like, into the back of his head. <laughs> but he has no reaction. And then and he slices like, him up with a switchblade, with a Jimmy Bone switchblade knife. Uh, so he's dead. Now he's carrying around two heads with him. 
hard to do this with Snoop Dogg staring at us. <laughs> we literally have him on the TV screens. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't you fuck this up. Don't fuck it up. Man, I'll take you to hell, dog. I'm like, ah, shit. Well, I don't want that, Snoop. Give so. me motherfucking mouths. Um, okay, so what happens after that? <laughs> uh, after that, he goes and kidnaps the father of Patrick yeah, and his it. brother oh. um, and takes him into a room in the old house in the basement that is now covered in walls of people. Yeah, just like Black the walls we saw earlier. Walls yeah, right. covered in body parts and he shoves the heads of the drug dealer and the police chief into there and you assume it's kind of like taking people to hell yeah it's it's taking them to a different like a hell dimension he starts shoving patrick's dad into there because patrick's dad was also part of uh, the stabbing that had him killed yeah and he keeps pulling him in and out and joking about it and then officially pulls him into the hell. Correct. And then somehow the kids who go to save him along with Pam Greer end up her finding yeah. an elevator to go to the afterlife world, <laughs> which Pam Greer ends up finding Jimmy Bones because she was the lover of Jimmy Bones and they have like a love scene, but the other kids are like, oh, we're in the afterlife hell world. And the girl's like, oh, it's upstairs. And then <laughs> she it's like, says yeah, it's she's upstairs. like, oh, we you need to go upstairs. That's all. And it's like, <laughs> how the fuck do you know that? Have you been here before? You fucking jumped the gun much? Jesus fucking Christ. Also, we forgot to mention that earlier she said that she didn't know who her father was. Which her is, father's Jimmy Bones. It's whatever. the worst mystery don't, ever. Don't give a fuck. It's Jimmy Bones. <laughs> who cares? They bring it up like three times. It's just like, well, I wonder who it could be. We've only seen flashbacks at Pam Greer and Snoop Dogg. About seven <laughs> times. And she's like, I can't tell you who your father is. And it's like, why? Then like, just a random scene. She's like, oh, yeah, Jimmy Bones is your dad. Jimmy Bones is your dad. And then she sees ghost Jimmy Bones with her mom, Pam Greer. And she's like, and he's like, come he's over trying, here, He's trying baby. to get for the Jimmy Bone. And she's like, oh, my God daddy and it's like what like you're like 25 like why the fuck are you this ex- you'd be like oh i'm sorry jim like i don't really know you probably shouldn't be calling me baby but you gave me the bone like, a, le- a, like a regular fucking human being but no she's just like daddy and at the same time the brothers are running around the brothers are running around they see the ghost of maurice lead him somewhere and patrick's other brother is like look man it's maurice and it's obviously not maurice he pulls him him anyway finds him into a shadow wall that devours him and now it's just patrick Patrick's dad's dead. Patrick's brother's dead. Patrick's friend's dead. Patrick's white mom and white sister are at home. They're at home. Safe. Because they said, no, thank you. I'm very privileged. I don't like going to dirty neighborhoods because I'm a piece of shit. Um, 
<laughs> Rich bitch. Um, yeah. So then he comes, Patrick comes across, uh, 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 Bianca is her real name, I think. We'll say Bianca, the daughter of Pam Greer. <laughs> that was Cynthia. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> act better and I'll remember. Um, <laughs> she is awful. She is a She's fucking had an extensive actor. career somehow, but um, she is really bad. She's really bad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, her Snoop Dogg and Pam Greer are all hugging in this wonder. I mean, Jimmy Bones, who's fucking Snoop Dogg. So, good luck trying to call him by any fucking name other than Snoop Dogg. And they're all hugging, and he's like, I'm going to go stab this motherfucker. So he takes out a Bowie knife where he gets from not sure, who cares, and just runs over and goes to stab him, but he's gone. And then all of a sudden, Snoop Dogg's behind him, but he's all mutated and tall. And he goes, surprise, I'm not going to say that word. I think, I think, it's just the end word. Um, I, I think, I think, I think Snoop Dogg is just tall in general. Is he that tall? He didn't seem that tall before the mutation. I feel like Snoop Dogg is probably at least six foot one. Do you think so? Yeah. Snoop Dogg, come on the show and tell us how tall you are. That's the only question we need. It's how tall are you, Snoop Dogg? And he'll be like, man, I'm six two. And I'll be like, oh, shit. All right, You bye. can leave now. See ya. <laughs> we're sorry. Do you like horror movies? Like, nah. We, <laughs> like, we're, okay. we're in debt for flying you in here first class. Yeah, we probably shouldn't have paid all that money. And I gave you all my weed, even though you had a bunch of weed. But I and wanted you, to feel you smell cool. terrible. You smell like, you smell dank as fuck. It's the worst. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, after that. There's a short little fight scene, and then Pam Greer notices that Snoop Dogg is about to accidentally kill this young boy, so I guess she lights herself on fire with, with a, a candle, candle, with a candle but that automatically makes her dress just shoot up in flames. Her whole body is Jimmy Bones fire. goes, oh, no, and then grabs onto him, and then he burns, and then... He he, Patrick, saves Bianca. They're in the ruins of the building. The sun comes out. Everything's okay. Until, all of a sudden, maggots start coming out of her fucking mouth. And blammo! It was Jimmy Bones and his motherfucking daughter. The end. That's a fucking movie. It sounds shitty, but it's pretty fun. It's actually... It's actually... One of those movies that you're like, okay, this is a cult film, and you understand why it is. You're like, I understand why people. Like yeah, this it's fun. I understand why people enjoy this movie more than Event Horizon. Yes, I can agree with that. Like, uh, not that. Uh, I mean, we all love crazy gravy, and we all love <laughs> Jason Eyes back, but and Lawrence Fishburne and Lauren who? <laughs> I'm sorry, Larry. Larry Fishburne. Yeah, Larry Fishburne. You. Sorry. Um. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was a good, it was, it, it's a fun movie to watch when you're just sitting around, you want to smirk a barrel, <laughs> watch Snoop Dogg, watch Snoop Dogg, <laughs> give me a refill if you win, alright, about to change segments, okay, um, the thing about <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this movie, actually, 
I, I think I may have unveiled this in an earlier episode, but Bones is actually one of the first horror movies I watched all the way through. I don't think you did reveal that. I think I, I did in an earlier episode. Think, I think I knew that, but I don't remember you talking about it on that episode. Uh, my, my cousins rented it from Blockbuster. I miss that um, goddamn place. Which, uh, for kids listening, may not know what a Blockbuster is. And... Um, Sorry, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I don't care. Sorry, Gloria. <laughs> sucks now. Uh, but uh, I remember they rented that, and I think Ghost from Mars. That's uh, a bad movie. <laughs> that's a really bad movie. Um, it's kind of guilty pleasure. just And Pam Greer is in that also. Um, maybe, maybe it just explains why I've always had a huge crush on Pam Greer. Good that day. her being She's awesome. a lot of shit you like. Uh, yeah. Uh, but if they, if they did rent at the same time. It was around the same time. But uh, Bones was like one of the movies. Like I was dabbling a horror, seeing like things here and there and stuff. But that Bones was the first one I remember seeing like fully through, sitting through the whole thing. How old were you? Like ten, yeah. eleven, something like that. Yeah. So there you go. That's it. Bones. Bones. Uh, All right. So we go for our next segment. Yep. All right. That brings us to another curation of mm-hmm. Blaze's Cabinet video game curiosities all right what video game do we have today today we have a really fun one called midnight ghost hunt okay and it is developed by vaulted sky games uh from what i can tell this is their main project right now and is published by coffee stain publishing who apparently also uh, published the very popular game Valheim. All right, I never so heard of it. But it's like a Viking MMO. It's no, supposed it to be like, really popular. Like game. So this game, it's almost, in a, a weird way, it's almost like Call of Duty with ghosts. So you play as either a group of ghost hunters or you play as a group of ghosts. Um <laughs> The, as a ghost hunter, you will get various things of equipment uh, to try and find the ghost and kill the ghost. Uh, and then you have to uh, zap up its ectoplasmic shards in a vacuum to make sure that the ghost is taken care of. And uh, if you defeat all four ghosts and find them throughout the levels before the uh, uh, two minutes runs out, you win. Or after two minutes, the ghost team ends up getting extremely powerful. And they already have the power to possess objects and hide. And that's their point, is that they're supposed to hide in these different objects and graveyards and cemeteries and museums and movie theaters and wherever they have. And your job is to find them and kill them before the two minutes runs out. But then... After the two minutes runs out, that whoever's playing on the ghost team uh, has ra- uh, three minutes to kill any of the hunters or all of the hunters uh, until they can be evacuated. Hmm. So as you go on, you can progress and put new, you get new costumes, new tools, new different ways to find ghosts easier, new different ways to uh kill ghosts so you can freeze them and break them and you can all this different kind of shit but um it is so goddamn fun 
It is a really fucking fun game, and it is so well developed. Like, I mean, it looks amazing. It plays amazing. I think it's $20 right now, and it's still in early access. It's not fully released yet. Uh, What's it on? Huh? What's it on? It's on Steam. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but I was wrong. Last game I talked about was on Xbox and PlayStation. So. Oh, there you go. All right. So you got Summer of 58 on all consoles except Switch because fuck that shit. Uh, I have one and we barely use it. But Switch Sports is out, so we'll see what happens. Unless, unless you bring it over. Yeah, Warrior Warrior is great, too. Yeah, Warrior Warrior is awesome. That, yeah. that game's fun as fuck. But yeah, so um, it is very cool how you can uh, upgrade each of your characters. You can... Um, upgrade your character with new weapons or you can upgrade ghosts with new powers and everything like that and you can change what kind of ghost you are and what your ghost can do and so it's very much like a call of duty uh i don't know if you remember um for call of duty i think it was the the last one that was world war ii or something call of duty something like that there was a, a game event called props and that's where the opposite team would just become a series of like pipes or a barrel or something like that. And they would go hide and try and blend in with the environment. And the other team would go around shooting shit to try and find and kill it. And that's kind of the concept of this game, except it's solely based on being a ghost possessing objects and waiting around for the time to kill the hunters. So in props, you can't kill the opposite team. Mm -hmm. You can only hide. So this is kind of like Call of Duty props, but in a way that is, um, it's uh, it's four on four, teams of four against each other, and it is a fucking blast. Like, me and Ted have been playing it since last night and having a great fucking time. Nice, nice. So, and then I made him get Street Fighter Five again so I can whip his ass every day. He's like, I really don't want that. You just beat me up on that game all the time. I'm like, yeah, that's why I want to get it. <laughs> He's like, let's not. And I did, and he did. Fuck him. <laughs> just kidding. I love you, Ted. <laughs> but um, unless we're playing Street Fighter, then then it's real. Yeah, unless we're playing Street Fighter, then I'm gonna, de- I will demolish. You. Uh-huh, I'm gonna fuck your whole life. I'm <laughs> gonna ruin you. That or Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but yeah, that's the game. Midnight. Uh, Ghost Hunt, developed by Vaulted Sky Games, published by Coffee Stain Publishing. It is fun as fuck. It is still in early access. Get it now before it's full price. Okay. It is $19 if you get it now, and you get early access and you get the full game. But if you buy it after it releases, it may be going up to 40 Cool. Right. Super fun. Looks great. Amazing game. Sounds fun. All right. Super well. fun. Brings us to our next segment. Yep. Excuse me, I burp. All right. Well, it's time for another entry into the books of mythology biology. All right. So, Professor. Yeah. What is the entry of mythology biology that we're getting into? Today, we are traveling to Thailand. Okay. And we have the ghost known as the Phi Thai Hong. Okay. 
these are ghosts that are created by people who have uh, suffered excessively cruel deaths. So in acts of terrorism or murder or rape or horrible things. And that's the only way these ghosts can manifest. And they actually say that the strongest version of this ghost is that of a pregnant woman who becomes the ghost. Because then the ghost has two spirits. Yes, it's that times are two. Right. So or you have the the twins or something two. like that. Then it's multiplied by how many babies were, were in them. Yeah, if they're twins or quadruplets. Yeah. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, I know. You're fucked. <laughs> just a gang of them just beating you up. As a paranormal psychologist, <laughs> I can say you're fucked. <laughs> I'm a professional. Uh, so typically... Uh, the spirits will stay near the site of their death. Uh, so wherever the crime was committed or wherever the uh, terrorism had happened or catastrophic natural event, anything that could cause a tragic death, the spirit will stay there and it will wait for people to come by who are living. And when they find somebody living, they will attack and kill that person, hoping to replace its life force with that person okay so they'll kill that person and take over the body so avoid places that have watch out new york (laughs) 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 so and funnily enough in thailand this was around the 14th century that these ghosts were being very predominant so there was a collection of laws from a 14th century king uh, who was named King Mongrai, uh, who had a, a book and list of rules called the Magrai Strait. And it stated that anyone who is convicted of murder or child death or anything like that uh, would be kept in the room with the body of the victim. So the hope was, and this is an actual law at the time, is they hoped that this body of the victim would become a fetai hong and kill its killer. Mm. So they had locked them in there for days, and that would be sort of a test to see if it was truth that they were the killer or not, if a fetai hong would show up. So they've been going around, and there's very popular stories about them from the 14th century till today, actually, um, because there was, I'm not uh, really sure on the exact dates, but there was a natural disaster that ended up happening in Thailand, and a lot of people started to report this ghost showing up. So uh, it's a very interesting little thing, and uh, the weird part is the description of it is very, uh, it's more of like an amorphous blob so more of the idea of like a sheet looking ghost Mm. instead of looking like the spirit of somebody who had actually passed but yeah so that is it a fee tai hung yeah i think there's a the spirit of vengeance really maybe unsolved mysteries had an episode of that unsolved mysteries really yeah like the original no on the netflix one that when they brought it back Oh, yeah, that's good. I think there's an episode of it that's about it. I think that's what it's about. Even if not, you don't need to watch it because Blaze just told you what it is. So 
Yeah, you have all the information needed, and I am a parapsychologist. So yeah, it's certified. Yeah, I am certified to tell you this bullshit. <laughs> send us, send us ghost equipment. Send us ghost equipment. We will do. Go- there is a, there is a haunted house in Gainesville. I found. We will go do it if you send us the equipment, because I ain't paying two hundred fifty bucks for an EMF reader. We will B and D. We will B and D into that building. Yeah, we will break an entry. Or contact the manager of the building. And they'd be like, can we go in there? It's like, it's haunted. And we're like, professionals. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Here's my internet diploma. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> how long did Let you? Let this man in. How long did you study for this? Uh, not, not 30 minutes. It was uh, definitely more than 30 minutes. Maybe even 40. <laughs> <laughs> you read that entire seventy-page manual? No, <laughs> I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. Why would I do that? Yeah. All right. Well, that is another episode of Blade of Apples, guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can on the Instagram page, on the email. Uh, the email is bladedapplespod at gmail All one word. Uh, and on Instagram, it is Bladed Apples Podcast. Same thing with the Facebook. Um, you drop us a line there if you have a request, if you have a question, if you have uh, just something to say. You if can you reach us there. Donate to the Dookie document. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And also, last week we had a uh, last week we had a guest. Uh, excuse me, Kevin Von Esper. And uh, he is making a documentary about Dookie Flyswatter in the Haunted Garage. Uh, you can still uh, uh, donate to that at dookiedoc.com, D-U-K-E-Y-D-O-C.com. Uh, it looks like a cool project, so definitely want to give him another plug there. If you're interested in it, and if you didn't listen to that episode, you can go back and listen to it. I also want to say, uh, last episode we had troubles with my microphone, so you may notice some weird editing, or you may have noticed some... Uh, I'm sorry. Notice weird editing. Because I'm my, sorry, was, I did my best. No, I'm sorry, because it was uh, on my part, the microphone was messing up, and all that, so we tried the best we could. Um, I still went back and listened to it yet, but... Um, we're still learning, guys. So please bear with us. We were. Just I got a new ex- microphone for interview. So please come interview with us. Yeah, we're just <laughs> ecstatic to have another interview or have an interview, um, and we would love to do More. another interview. So on top of that, you can also reach us on those platforms. If you have something you want to plug or you want to talk about, you want to come on the show, you do art, let's talk about it. You're working on music, let's talk about it. You're working on a movie, let's talk about it. You acted in a short film or a film, let's talk about it. Whatever it is. We'll talk about if it. If it correlates somewhere within the realm of horror or an interest in horror, then let's talk about it. We would love to collaborate because that promotes us, that promotes you. We're both winning. Uh, actually, you're losing because you have to talk to us. Yeah, but, that is uh, <laughs> kind of your downfall there. <laughs> but it is a win because you are getting a plug. Um, so, yeah, I w- we, we would love to help promote others and promote ourselves as well. Uh, so reach out to us. Thanks to Stefan Mize for doing the artwork for the podcast um, and being an awesome guy. You can follow him on Instagram at Stefan Mize. That's Stefan, S-T-E-F-A-N, Mize, M-E-I-S-S-E. Or just follow Crawling Panther Tattoo Parlor, which is where he tattoos out of. He is an awesome guy, awesome tattooer, is horror fanatic. 
Uh, next week. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, Demon Wind. Demon Wind. We'll do Demon Wind. There you go. All right, guys. We're doing Demon Wind. We were doing Demon Wind. <laughs> That's what we're doing. On the next episode, we'll talk about that. I've have never seen, seen it. Have you seen Demon Wind? I, I have not. All right. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. We talked about it during the movie, and I think you agreed to it silently without saying yes. <laughs> And I, was, I said, cool. I just hope you forget about it. And I was like, yeah, cool. Confirmed. <laughs> demon wind. Rocky, confirmed demon wind. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can... Uh, demon wind. That was a... <laughs> well, so uh, thanks to Blaze for doing the editing and uh, being a great co-host and all that. Uh, next week will be demon wind. Demon wind. A- anything else to add? Demon wind. All right. <laughs> Until next time, guys, remember every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. See you later, fuckers. Bye.